the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. There's a ring of truth that is unmistakable Knowing that you cannot find them all And if you listen carefully And sometimes even if you don't You can hear that sound Thanks for joining us for today's edition of Ring of Truth with our pastor and teacher, Dan Sexton, Senior Pastor of Calvary Chapel, Ellicott City. Please join Pastor Dan as he teaches through God's Word. People live for those things. They, they, they seek happiness and purpose and fulfillment in those kinds of things and acquiring wisdom and might and riches in this life. But I want you to notice here in verse 23, the Lord does not condemn having wisdom or might or riches. He doesn't say that those things are bad or those things are ungodly. He warns against glorying in them, celebrating them, seeking your happiness and fulfillment in these things. How many times have you heard people bragging about things in their life? Maybe they bragged about their job, home, degree, or marriage. Whatever it was in this life, people chase things that they or society deems to be important. Society tells us that there are certain markers for success, like the perfect car or the perfect kids. But in today's message, Pastor Dan will remind you that the Bible tells us that there is only one thing that we should pursue that has any eternal value, a relationship with Jesus Christ. Now here's Pastor Dan in the book of Jeremiah chapter 9 for today's edition of Ring of Truth. All of the cities are destroyed. And for Jeremiah, he's walking through his homeland and he sees where this city used to be. And now it's just a pile of rocks. And he sees where that city used to be. And, and this building and that building and Jerusalem. And it's just a heap of ruins. And he's walking through the land and he, he's, he's weeping and wailing as he sees all of this destruction of what was once his homeland, right? Uh, and, and, he can, and he can identify what he sees. He knows what it was before, and now it's just all uh, destroyed. It's familiar, but it's gone. And he's weeping and wailing for his homeland. Now look at verse 12. Who is the wise man who may understand this? And who is he to whom the mouth of the Lord has spoken, that he may declare it? Why does the land perish and burn up like a wilderness so that no one can pass through? You know, we don't ask those kinds of questions anymore. Why did this happen? We, you know, we, we, give, uh, you know, we give scientific answers to why something happened, right? You know, you have a, you have a, a Category 4 or 5 hurricane come ashore and destroy a city or a town or several towns. And we, and we explain scientifically what happened. Low pressure system, high pressure system, barometric pressure, all, you know, 
high winds, right? Storm surge. But nobody ever asks, well, why? Why did, why did God allow that hurricane? Or why did God send that hurricane? You know, why, why, did, why did the Babylonians come? Why did the Babylonians come into the land and destroy all of the land of Judah and scorch it and destroy all of the cities? We, we, don't, we, don't, uh, we don't ask the question, why? He says, why does the land perish and burn up like a wilderness so that no one can pass through? We give the scientific answer. Or we, in this case, we'd give a political answer. Well, the political empire of Babylon invaded the political nation of Judah. Or a military answer. This was the military practice, of, you know. But we don't give a spiritual answer. What's the spiritual reason? Well, the Lord tells us in verse 13, it, it, wasn't, it wasn't a political reason. It wasn't a military reason. It was a spiritual reason why this happened. And the Lord said, because they have forsaken my law, which I set before them. And they have not obeyed my voice, nor walked according to it. That's why it happened. It was a spiritual cause. Again, we don't look at things that way anymore. Maybe it's a spiritual reason. When when we see uh, military things a destruction of some kind, weather patterns, uh, natural disasters. We, we give the scientific explanation, but nobody asks, is there a spiritual reason for this? Is there a spiritual reason? In this case, there's a spiritual reason because they have forsaken my law, which I set before them and have not obeyed my voice nor walked according to it. But they have walked according to the dictates of their own hearts. They did what was right in their own Hearts. And after the Baals, they went after false gods, which their fathers taught them. Therefore, thus says the Lord of hosts, the God of Israel. Behold, I will feed them this people with wormwood and give them water of gall to drink. A wormwood, that's something that's bitter. He's going to give them bitterness Gall was used, it was a, um, a, a drug that was used to dull the senses. Uh, if you remember when Jesus was on the cross, they tried to give him gall to drink. Uh, it was just a, like a tranquilizer, right? And so they have bitterness as a nation, and at the same time, God gives them a tranquilizer, right? So as the nation is is collapsing, they're feeling pretty good. They're dull to it. They're numb to it. They don't even realize it's happening. Verse 16, I will scatter them also among the Gentiles, whom neither they nor their fathers have known, and I will send a sword after them until I have consumed them. That sword is going to be the Babylonians that will come. So verse 17 now, verse 17, thus says the Lord of hosts, consider and call for the mourning women that they may come and send for skillful wailing women that they may come. And in those days, even up through the New Testament times, they had what were professional mourners. 
who were employed for funerals. You would hire them to come and mourn at the funeral of a loved one. You know, and they would come and they would wail and they would cry and they'd make a big, you know, scene uh, for the deceased person. They also were there to kind of uh, encourage the family and the friends to also wail and cry for the person who was deceased. So they were kind of, you know, like a choir director uh, for those that were to mourn. And so they kind of led the, the, the people in mourning at the funeral. And here the Lord tells Judah... Uh, to send for professional mourners, to lead the nation in mourning for their condition. The nation wasn't mourning, and they should have been mourning. They, they should have been lamenting, and they weren't lamenting. And so, so he's called the professional mourners to come and, and kind of you know, kickstart the grieving, because you should be grieving for your sins. He goes on, Let them make haste and take up a wailing for us that our eyes may run with tears and our eyelids gush with water. For a voice of wailing is heard from Zion. How we are plundered. We are greatly ashamed. This is what they're they're, uh, wailing as they're, you know, as they're uh, mourning here. We are greatly plundered. We are greatly ashamed because we have forsaken the land because we have been cast out. Of our dwellings, the Babylonians, when they came in, they killed almost everybody in the land. Uh, They left behind the elderly and the disabled. And those that lived the siege of the Babylonians, they carried them away as slaves uh, in Babylon. And that's what they're talking about here when they say we were cast out of our dwellings. Yet hear the word of the Lord, O women. And let your ear receive the word of his mouth. Teach your daughter's wailing and everyone her neighbor a lamentation. Again, uh, the professional mourners, they, they kind of led the choir of mourning at a funeral. They taught the crowd how to mourn. They, they led. And that's what he's saying here. Teach your daughter's wailing and everyone her neighbor a lamentation. Verse 21 Look what it says, for death has come through our windows. It has entered our palaces to kill off the children. No longer to be outside and the young men no longer on the streets. You know, death has come. And what it says here is the death is no longer out in the streets. It's come into our homes. And, and they're killing our children. You know, the Babylonians, when they came in, you know, no one escaped. And, and, you know, Jeremiah writes this, and what he's writing here and describing how the Babylonians came in and even entered the homes and killed the children uh, in their homes. The, the point here, that this should be startling. Uh, to us, this description, much like in our own time, when you hear the stories uh, of, of radical Muslim groups in Africa, you've heard those stories where they go into a village and they kill everybody in the village, including women and children, or they go into a, a girl's school. You've heard those stories and they take all of the young girls captive as slaves and leave with them. 
They never see him again. It's shocking to the system to hear those stories. It's one thing for them to kill men in the streets. It's a different thing for them to come in and take all of the little girls out of a school and disappear with it. That's shocking to the system. This is intended to be shocking to the system. They're coming in our windows and they're killing our children in our homes. It's, it's, it's shocking to hear this. Goes on now in verse 22. Speak, thus says the Lord. Even the carcasses of men shall fall as refuse on the open field. You're listening to Ring of Truth with Pastor Dan Sexton of Calvary Chapel, Ellicott City, Maryland. We'll return to the second half of today's message in a moment. But first, here's a word from Pastor Dan. It's my privilege to share the Word of God with you through our radio ministry, Ring of Truth. Thank you for tuning in each day. Hey, I would love to hear from you. Will you take a moment to email me to tell me how these daily studies have ministered to you? I want to hear your story. You can email me through our website at calvaryec.com. That's calvaryec.com. Thanks, Pastor Dan. Now let's join him again for the conclusion of today's edition of Ring of Truth. Like cuttings after the harvester, and no one shall gather them. The bodies of the men will just remain in the fields where they have fallen dead, and no one will gather them up for burial. Uh, Again, after the Babylonians come in, you know, the the devastation is going to be so severe, uh, the, the bodies are just left out in the field and in the streets where they were killed. Uh, again, as I mentioned, the Babylonians are going to leave only the elderly and the feeble, the disabled left in the land. And it's people that weren't able to go through and, and give the bodies a proper burial. They weren't able to do that. And so it, it's, it's a desecration to the body of those that have died, just to leave them out and exposed and not give them a proper burial. Uh, But this is what's happened to the nation now. This is how bad it's going to get, that they can't even bury their dead. Now look at verse 23. Thus says the Lord, let not the wise man glory in his wisdom, And let not the mighty man glory in his might. Nor let the rich man glory in his riches. But let him who glories glory in this. That he understands and knows me. That I am the Lord. Exercising loving kindness. Judgment and righteousness in the earth. For in these I delight. Says the Lord. What a. What a. Wonderful couple of verses here. He's talking about glorying. He says, let not the wise man glory in his wisdom. And to glory in something is to celebrate it. Uh, It's to make it the source of your joy, the source of your happiness, uh, the source of your meaning in life. Um, and, And here he talks about glorying in or celebrating wisdom, might, And riches. And people like to glory in those things. People like to glory in their wisdom and in their might. 
and in the riches. We place a high value on those things. You know, we place a high value on wisdom and education and where you go to school and what degree you have and your success. Uh, we put a high value on, on might and power and authority and position. We value that. We put a high value on riches, how much money you have, how much do you make a year, what's your net worth, you know, how many houses do you have, what kind of car do you drive. We, we value that. And people live for those things. They, they, they seek happiness and purpose and fulfillment in those kinds of things and acquiring wisdom and might and riches in this life. But I want you to notice here in verse 23, the Lord does not condemn having wisdom or might or riches. He doesn't say that those things are bad or those things are ungodly. He warns against glorying in them, celebrating them, seeking your happiness and fulfillment in these things. And finding your worth in these things. Finding your worth as a person. In the wisdom that you have, or the education that you have, or the uh, credentials you have, or the certifications you have. You're finding your worth and value as a person in your might, or the position you hold, the title you have, or your riches, how much money you have, how wealthy you are. He's warning against finding fulfillment and seeking after fulfillment in acquiring those things. He's not saying those things are wrong to have. He's, he's telling us to have a proper perspective on those things. He tells us instead, instead of glorying in wisdom and your might and your riches, instead, he says, let him who glories, glory in this, that he understands and knows me, that I am the Lord, exercising loving kindness, judgment, and righteousness in the, in the earth. For in these I delight, says the Lord. The, the, the only thing that is worth pursuing, the only thing that is really worth living for, the only thing that is worth boasting in, is that we understand and know the Lord. That we understand and know the Lord. That's something worth celebrating, that we understand the Lord. That's where we find our fulfillment. That's where we find our happiness and life. It comes from knowing God and understanding him and understanding his, just as he says here, his loving kindness, his judgment and his righteousness. Understanding his loving kindness for us. He demonstrated his love through the cross. Understanding his judgment. How he's how he's judged our sin. On the cross. Understanding his righteousness, how he's imputed his righteousness to us. And now we stand before God righteous because we have the righteousness of Jesus Christ. We don't stand in our own righteousness, but we stand in the imputed righteousness of Christ. And look at the end of verse 24. God delights in these things. 
He delights in showing us his loving kindness. He delights in judgment. He delights in righteousness. And once you understand these things, once you understand these things, now you have something to celebrate. Now you have something to rejoice about. Now you have something to live for. I know the love of God for me. I've experienced his loving kindness. I know my sins are forgiven through the death of Jesus Christ on the cross. Uh, And because I'm in Christ, I know God sees me as righteous in his sight. And I can glory in him. And I can glory in what he's done for me through his death and resurrection. You know, there's other things. There's other things, wisdom and might and riches. They all fade. They don't last. And they leave you empty. If that's what you live for, they'll leave you empty and disappointed. But in Jesus Christ, you're never empty. You're never disappointed. You're always fulfilled and you're always satisfied in him. He goes on here in verse 25 and we'll finish up. Behold, the days are coming, says the Lord, that I will punish all who are circumcised with the uncircumcised. He's speaking of the Jewish people here. They have the sign of circumcision. And remember, the the Jewish people believed because they were the chosen people, because they were the descendants of Abraham, because they had the sign of circumcision, that God would never judge them. That they would automatically go to heaven. And here God says, I'm going to judge and punish all who are circumcised with the uncircumcised. With Egypt, Judah, Edom, the people of Ammon, Moab, and all who are in the farthest corners, who dwell in the wilderness, for all these nations are uncircumcised. And all the house of Israel are uncircumcised in the heart, in the heart. See, they trusted in their outward circumcision, the physical act. This religious practice that they had. And they thought that just by doing that religious act, that that made them right with God. And what God says here is, is uh, you're going to be treated the same as all the other heathen nations in the day of judgment. And that religious ritual of circumcision will not matter on the day of judgment if your heart isn't circumcised. You haven't repented of your sins. It doesn't matter for us to put it in our terminology for today. It doesn't matter if you've been baptized. Baptism doesn't save you. It doesn't matter if you've been confirmed in a church. That's not going to save you. It doesn't matter if you've walked down an aisle at an evangelistic event and prayed a prayer. That's not going to save you if you're not born again. You haven't repented of your sins and put your faith in Jesus Christ and his death on the cross. And what he's saying here to them is none of those religious activities or none of those religious things that you've done will matter on the day of judgment. What will matter on the day of judgment is do you truly understand and know the Lord? Do you know him? That's what's going to matter. Do you know the Lord? Have you put your trust in Jesus Christ Do you have a relationship with him? Is he your Lord and Savior? That's what's going to matter on Judgment Day. He asked me how I know. 
We're so glad you joined us today on Ring of Truth as we continue our verse-by-verse study through the book of Jeremiah. If you'd like to hear more messages from Pastor Dan, please visit our website at calvaryec.com. You can listen to and download a wide range of previous broadcasts or simply subscribe to our podcast. Sometimes life can get busy. And between work, school, family, and all of our other obligations, it's hard to find time to dig deeper into the Bible for ourselves. At Ring of Truth, we've tried to make it a bit easier for you. Our podcasts provide you with up-to-date teachings through the Bible and can be taken with you wherever you go. This way, you'll have encouragement from God's Word throughout the day. You'll find a link to subscribe at our website, calvaryec.com, or just search for Ring of Truth on iTunes. We'd love to hear how Ring of Truth has had an impact on your life, so please let us know by giving us a call at 410-491-4592. That number again is 410-491-4592. When you call, please feel free to share any prayer requests that are on your heart. We'd be happy to pray with and for you. We also appreciate your prayers for this radio ministry. Please tune in next time as Pastor Dan continues teaching verse by verse, chapter by chapter, through the book of Jeremiah, right here on Ring of Truth. I see the signs and I recognize the hands that crack. Rings true.